I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Today is the feast day of the 20th century martyr, Jonathan Daniels. Now we aren't celebrating it officially, but his story is a gospel one and worth sharing. Jonathan Daniels was killed in Fort Deposit, Alabama on August 20th, 1965, when he was 26 years old. But the events that led to his death began on August 14th, 57 years ago today. August 14 started off hot and muggy with a cicade as loud as jet engines. It was a Saturday. And Daniels and a group of about 30 others, mostly locals, mostly African Americans, were arrested as they protested discriminatory hiring practices, unequal treatment of customers, and price gouging by the businesses in town. Daniels, a white man from New England and an Episcopal seminarian, studying to be a priest in Cambridge, Massachusetts, was arrested almost immediately with the other protesters and jailed, while a crowd of angry white men with bats and bottles and guns stood watch. Daniels spent six days in jail with the protesters and some other civil rights workers. It was crowded and there were no showers, no toilets, and certainly no air conditioning. Daniels led the group in hymns and prayers to combat the bleakness and despair that they felt. Then suddenly, they were released. There was no fanfare, no sheriff, no defense attorney, no one at all was waiting for them. So they knew they didn't make bail. The doors were simply opened and they walked out. Jonathan Daniels walked with a mixed group of black and white men and women, four in total, away from the jailhouse. They headed towards a soda shop where they had gone before, including the two African-American women, one of whom was Ruby Sales. A sheriff's deputy stood with a shotgun outside the store and ordered them off the store's property. Things happened so fast, reported Ruby who was 17 at the time. She said, there was a pull and I fell back and then there was a shotgun blast and another shotgun blast. She was able to run away, but Daniels lay motionless on the ground. The other man, a white Catholic priest, was also shot but survived. Later, when civil rights workers came back to look for Daniels' body, it was gone. He was the 26th civil rights worker to be killed. Today's readings, while not assigned to commemorate Jonathan Daniels, seem tailor-made for his life and legacy, and to teach us something about Christian ethics that is grounded in hope and how to live into that hope and our call to ministry. Our first reading is from Hebrews, which was written to strengthen Christians in their faith after the death and resurrection of Jesus, when there's a lot of doubt and fear and division. It offers lists of prophets and leaders and early Christians who lived by faith. And in their faith, they perceived God's hand in their lives. They perceived God's hand when they were rescued passing through the Red Sea, the fall of the walls of Jericho, the saving of Rahab, the acts of David and Samuel, on and on. 
and those who died for their faith by sword or stoning or otherwise, they also perceived in their faith that God would use them for God's benefit. Their legacy would not die with them, but would teach us and fortify us and help us to endure. They would be our great cloud of witnesses. For Christian ethics begins by living by faith and seeing God's hand in our lives and also in the lives of those who came before us, including Jonathan Daniels. For Daniels also lived by faith, his faith in Christ. He wrote about his ministry in the South. I lost my fear. I lost my fear when I began to know in my bones and sinews that I had been truly baptized into the Lord's death and resurrection, that in the only sense that really matters, I am already dead, and my life is hid with Christ in God. He had cast off his prior life. He had chosen to turn away from ignorance and fear so that he could live into his new life in Christ, fighting for equal rights for all. Daniels knew that to endure the trials of being a white civil rights worker in the South was about following Jesus, who was his pioneer, our pioneer, the one who went before us to endure the cross, disregard its shame, and to take his seat with God. And Daniels, in living by his faith and his perception, his understanding that God's hand was at work in him, also lived by his imagination. For Christian ethics requires the power of imagination. To see not the present extended into the future based on what seems possible in the moment, but to know that through Christ a new creation invades the present reality and makes the impossible possible. And then to act on what God is showing us through our imaginations to be the new way forward. Daniels understood this. So by faith in God, for instance, Moses had the imagination to see that the Israelites could live in freedom. Likewise, by faith in God's work through Jesus Christ, Daniels had the imagination to know that discrimination and segregation could not stand. There was another way, and he was going to help make it so. He wrote about his daily life in the summer of 1965. He wrote, sometimes we demonstrated, sometimes we sat in meetings, sometimes I held a black child, held a black child. While in Alabama that summer, Daniels lived within an African-American family, and he had the imagination to know that what was considered a horror at the time, a white man playing games with or comforting a black child, was in fact God's vision for us, where our distinctions, including of race, are no more. To live by faith takes imagination to know that division and violence and disdain and hatred are not God's way. There is another way, and the other way is through the kingdom of God, which is where God's peace and mercy and justice and love, where they reign. And this is the Christian hope on which our action, our ethics is based. 
that what is seen is not all there is, that God is working, always working, through the power of Christ's death and resurrection to right wrongs, to reconcile divisions, to heal wounds, and to make the impossible possible. For division there shall be. In our passage from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus speaks of the divisions that arise when we truly follow Him. If we are truly follow, committed to following Jesus, our commitment affects all parts of our lives, including our relationships with family and friends and our place in society at large. As in the civil rights movement today, we also have people using the name of Jesus to strengthen their cause on both sides of almost any hot-button issue. But to be clear, our scriptures, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and our Christian hope drive toward inclusion, not exclusion, toward peace, not violence, toward mercy, not fear, toward justice, not discrimination, and toward love above all. To follow Jesus is to have the imagination rooted in faith to see not only the divisions in front of us and what we think is possible, but to see God's reality that lies beyond where even the impossible is possible. But Christian ethics doesn't end with faith and imagination. It requires action. And Jonathan Daniels knew this. After his first trip to Selma, Alabama in the spring of 1965, when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. invited northern clergy to come south to support his movement, Daniels was changed. He wrote, something had happened to me in Selma, which meant I had to come back. I could not stand by in benevolent dispassion any longer without compromising everything I knew and loved and valued. The imperative was too clear, the stakes too high. My own identity was called nakedly into question. I had been blinded by what I saw here and elsewhere, and the road to Damascus led, for me, back here. His identity, his Christian identity, was at stake in what he would choose to do. This was his call. This was his call, and our call echoes his call. We are called to do more than to be benevolently dispassionate. Rather, we are called to live by faith so that we have the imagination to see and live into God's reality, where the impossible is possible, where the kingdom of God is the reality. And then with God's reality in our hearts, we are called to act, no matter the issue at hand, whether it be big or small or pers personal or societal, we are called to act in a way that brings the kingdom near. We are called to join God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in making all things new, where the impossible becomes possible and where God's love reigns over all. Amen.